Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single, or couple, this is the show for you. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy, and we are here to guide you to go from good to amazing in the bedroom and beyond. All right, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. This is episode 95, and it's titled Find Your Love Language and Improve Your Relationship. So, We've talked a lot on this show about love languages, but we've never taken the time to really go through like the entire thing and why it's important and how to do it and all of that. We, it always seems to come up in context of something else that we're talking about. So today we thought we would dive a little bit deeper into the love languages, not just what they are, because a lot of people have heard what they are. But I think what we really want to get into is sort of practical usage of it. Because that's where people seem to fail. Everybody goes, oh yeah, I took that test. I know what the love languages are. And then we go, well, okay, so how do you use them? Uh, (laughs) Crickets. uh, Well, you know, like every once in a while, I'll kind of, you know, (laughs) all right. So there seems to be a problem with where the rubber hits the road. And so Mm -hmm. I I think that's one of the areas we really want to focus on today. Yeah. So this show is going to be for you, whether you are already versed with the love languages or you are a newbie. Um, And if you want to really take those to the next level, because it's not just about knowing your own love, love language, but knowing other people's love languages and how to bridge that gap between the knowing and the understanding in your head and taking action so that the person can really feel loved. And um, really excited. We're going to share some different examples in there and friend stories and give you a lot of tips. Um, I want to just say that this is all based on the work of Gary Chapman, who's the one who wrote the Five Love Languages uh, book. There is a test that you can take. It's a little quiz that he's got on his website, and we will put the link in the description below if you want to take that quiz. Uh, Sometimes it does help, Uh, but we will still walk you through each one of the love languages. But before we get into this, let's give a big shout out to our sponsor, Power and Mastery. So if you want to join the secret club of men who are great in bed, then check out Power and Mastery at powerandmastery.com. It is the most complete sexual mastery training for men, whether you want to have harder, stronger erections, last longer, or simply increase your sexual skills. So go to powerandmastery.com. All right. So where do we start here with the love languages? Well, I think the best place to start is always with the self, right? So I think it's like if you're not yet familiar with your love languages, or maybe you are familiar and you've done the test many years ago, it's an interesting experiment to take it again. I have seen it that some people will evolve over the years in terms of what they want and what they truly need. And we'll talk also about the thing that just because you're one doesn't mean you're not the other in all of this. Uh, I think that's really important. But the first part is knowing your own love language. So if you're curious, like look at how do you uh, express love to others? Okay, what, you know, when you're like naturally, without thinking it, how do you usually show your love to others? So for my case, it's with words of appreciations. Um, It's interesting. Uh, There are several that are in the mix. Uh, There's definitely 
some there is an act of service and quality time i mean uh, maybe i'm not a good case i'm like already like <laughs> oh my gosh like i'm all of them sorry i'm getting you confused so maybe we'll go back to that one later but <laughs> how how do you okay so but uh, let's take a step back for a second here <laughs> So there's there's knowing your love languages as far as how you naturally give to mm-hmm. other people. And then there's knowing your love languages, which is how you like to receive from other people. So what you started talking about was what is sort of the way that you normally give to other people, right? So yeah. like for some people, it's like, well, you know, I just, I when I see something, I, I buy them a little gift or I think about them when I'm in the store and this thing. And then, and then, you know, so I just like to give them little gifts over time. Like for some people, that's just naturally how they are in a relationship. For others, it's words of appreciation, right? Mm-hmm. Where they're like, you know, I just, I, I like to show them that I appreciate them on a regular basis every day. And so uh, the first part of what you're talking about is look to see how you normally show up in a relationship without even doing the test, without trying to overthink it too much. Just think about what are the types of things that you do. Do you tend to give gifts? Do you tend to give appreciation? Do you tend to do acts of service? Do you like to spend time with people? Is it just about spending quality time? I mean, that that's actually a big one that gets overlooked mm-hmm. a lot. For a lot of people, it's just a matter of do we spend time together? Mm-hmm. So think about that because that is going to be very important when you find out what your partner's love languages are because you're going to see if they line up. Mm-hmm. And it's okay if they don't, mm-hmm. but if they don't, then you're going to have to figure out how to make them line up. And we'll talk more about that later. Well, and the reason I had you start with how do you express love to others because that's usually like you do usually what you like to receive. So there's a correlation between how you tend to do it to others is how you like to have it done onto yourself as well. So it was kind of as a way to start to get to know yourself more. Another thing that can help you to see um, is it when you're in a relationship, and it could be any relationship, it doesn't have to be an intimate relationship. I want to point that out. What is it that you miss and complain about the most? And Okay, I'm again going back to my own example of earlier when I'm saying, well, there are so many different love languages that I do like and appreciate. But if there was one missing and I had a relationship where it was missing, and that's how I knew that it was the most important one for me. So the the man I was with was not good at giving me words of appreciation, telling me I love you and, and using words. And I realized that it didn't matter how much he would spend time with me or do things for me or anything like that. The fact that he was not willing, able, whatever the excuse was, and we'll come back to that later, uh, basically felt like the love was missing. You know, and I gave it six months. I tried, I tried, and I was like, this is not working for me because I am not receiving the love that is kind of like oxygen for me. And I know like, let's say he would do other things. And in my head, I would translate. I was like, this means I love you, you know, and it still wasn't enough. So if you were to be in a relationship and there's like, you, you take away one component, what is it that you would say like you're missing the most, you know? And if it's like, wow, I couldn't be in a relationship without touch. I couldn't be in a relationship without somebody telling me I love you, like all of these different things. So that could help you find that. And then the last part in helping you finding out your own love language is what do you request most often? What do you want? So we started to look at what do you give? What's missing? 
if and that you like complaining about and then what do you want what do you request yeah so this is a really good one because this makes it really obvious what it is that you naturally like mm-hmm. what are the types of things are you always saying oh can you rub my shoulders oh i'd really love it if you could give me a massage like Obviously, then, if you're requesting that on a regular basis, touch is definitely one of your love languages. Or if you're asking for more appreciation, mm-hmm. whatever it is, I think it's a really good clue as to what your love languages are or what is it that you ask for. So before we explain, we're we going to explain all five of them. I want to restate them all five in case you are a totally newbie and you're like, oh, which one are they? And they are really, you can boil down love languages to five categories, okay? Which are words of affirmations, quality time, acts of service, physical touch, and gifts. And so think of different things you're like, oh, but what I really like to do is cooking. I express my love for cooking. What that really can be boiled down to is through an act of service, Right. And so that's why there's those five big categories. But how can be a little bit different, but still falls within those categories. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I've found anything yet that doesn't fit into one of those five. That is true. Yeah. And, and some of them fit into more than one category, actually. Absolutely. What I'm excited to about bringing to you is like, how do you deal when you have different love languages? Because this is very common and I want you to be able to really speak each other's love language because it makes life much easier. Um, so how about we start with diving into um, words of appreciation or I always say words of appreciation, but I think he calls it words of affirmation. Um, anyway, it doesn't really matter. It's close enough. So let's start with that. Let's dive into it. What is it? Um, what does it look like? And then giving you tips and tricks on like how to bring that into your relationship if that's your partner. Okay. <laughs> Number one on the list, <laughs> words of affirmation. So when words of affirmation is your love language, you thrive when receiving verbal appreciation. That's kind of the gist of it, right? Mm-hmm. It's appreciation. Mm-hmm. And this is something that we do a lot in our relationship. And I will give you credit for really getting me on board with this one. Ooh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you, you have a little game where you often say, hey, tell me three things that you love about me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so here's the thing that um, I learned about myself that words of affirmation for me is the number one. If I don't have that, it's it's missing. And it's hard to feel fully loved to the extent that I can be loved if I don't have that. Now, we all have different levels of how much of this we need to fill up a love tank. And it will vary throughout the your life throughout cycles and times and places. And what's important is to not always just wait for somebody to fill up your tank, but to ask for it if your tank is empty, like, hey, um, like I could use a little appreciation or, you know, that kind of can feel needy. And that's why I created the game. Tell me three things you love about me. It's a game and it's fun, you know? So it's like, it doesn't look like I'm needy, but I'm asking for love, you know? (laughs) Um, But it it works very well. And in the dynamic of the relationship with um, the feminine and the masculine energy, it's really nice to come from that place of 
playfulness. It's from like asking something from the masculine to deliver to you and then you get to fully receive it. Yeah. And, you know, here's the thing. I think a lot of guys are probably thinking when they're listening to this, uh, this sounds like work or maybe something along the lines of, ah, I really don't like when she asks for that. Like, it's just don't like it. But here's the thing. I actually love that you ask for that. Mm. And the reason is, is because it's actually not my primary love language. And so it's really easy for me to kind of forget mm. because it's not what I would ask for. In fact, a lot of times when you say, tell me three things that you love about me, I'll give you a list of things that I love about you, but I almost never ask you in return. Absolutely. And it doesn't mean that I don't appreciate it because I actually <laughs> love it when you do it. When you tell me things that you love about it, I'm like, oh, oh, that was cool. Oh, <laughs> oh that felt really great, you know. <laughs> but it's not something I would normally just ask for. Mm-hmm. Um, so I appreciate the fact that you do ask for it because it's not something that, that just comes to me right away, mm-hmm. you know. And so it's totally fine. Remind me, yeah, I'm happy to give you what you want. And this is all really about how you ask for it, you know? So as long as you make it fun, you make it about a game, you show me how much you love when I do that, which motivates me more. You don't ask in a nagging, complaining, or you never do this kind of way. And it just makes it fun. And you're bringing a really good point there, Kevin, which is all about the request, how you do it. And Notice that I said a request and not a demand. If you like demanding something, no one is going to give that to you. You'd like, if that's an ultimatum and you have to give this to me because it's my love language. I mean, it's like, uh, yeah, no thanks. Um, if it's coming through as a request, it makes a whole world of difference. So how do you ask for a request? Which is like, I would love it if you told me things you appreciated about me. I would love to hear how much you love me. Tell me about something so meaningful that I did for you today. You see the variance of like asking for that. If the person is like, I can't do this right now, say, okay, um, I'd love at some point to hear it. Could we write it down and come back in an hour? Or can you commit to a time where you can do that? You know, like it doesn't mean that because they say no, it's a no forever. Maybe it's not the right time. They're in the middle of a work project, in the middle of uh, taking care of kids, whatever that is. Just reframe that. And it's really, um, really important. I also want to mention one more thing around appreciation uh, because I think it's really essential. I think every woman will thrive on appreciation and you can't go wrong with appreciating a woman, but there is a right way to do appreciation. And that's really what I want to give to you right now before we move on. Telling a woman she's beautiful may sound good, but it's not going to go really anywhere. And so, um, and if she is beautiful, she's heard that a thousand times and it goes over her head every time. What will make a bigger difference is to be specific with your appreciation. So it's to look for something, pinpointing it. Maybe it's the way her dress is hugging her body. So you could tell her she looks beautiful. That's good. But if you say you look spectacular in that dress, the way it shows off you curve, you look so divine this sounds much better. And so notice the little things or like, oh, wow, the blue of your vest really makes your eyes pop, Kevin, today. You look so sharp. Yeah. And, you know, (laughs) 
<laughs> so why that's important is because it doesn't sound like it's just some canned response. And mm-hmm. it shows that you as a guy are paying attention. And women really like that when you pay attention, when you notice the fact that they trimmed a micro like, you know, millimeter off their hair. And they're like, look at my hair. It looks so great. Can't you see the difference? It's gigantic, you know? And you're like, no. Well, don't lie. Don't lie. (laughs) No, no, don't lie. But what I'm saying is, is the more of those little details that you can notice and then use them in your appreciations, the better. Mm -hmm. And so when you're using those in appreciations, she all of a sudden goes, oh, he noticed that. Mm -hmm. Oh, he is paying attention. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I want to move to the second one on our list here, um, which is quality time. So quality time basically is your primary language when receiving someone's undivided attention will go straight to your heart. So what you want is to spend time together, schedule day, do things together, be together. Oh, this has to be your number two. Yeah, it kind of is. (laughs) (laughs) I had to think about it and I was like, yeah, it kind of is. (laughs) And actually, it's hard for you to decide, at least from my point of view, whether or not appreciation or quality time is number one. They might even be a little tied there. (laughs) No, appreciation and affirmation is number one. I can tell you that. But the quality time is close second. Yeah, it's not far behind. (laughs) No. And so... What's interesting about the quality time is it's about being willing to to do this with your partner. If it's not really like your love language, you know, it, it, uh, know that it means a lot to them. So it's not being next to them. Quality time is not watching TV together. Quality time is not sitting next to each other on your phone. It has more to do with... Uh, looking at each other in really creating a connection. And again, it doesn't mean that you have to do like, I don't know, three hours of it. It could just be to be right there for 10 minutes. That can be enough. Everyone, again, has a different need in their love tanks of how much they need of that to feel uh, fully loved up. Yeah, I think the the operative word in quality time is quality. <laughs> because there's there's tons of people that spend a lot of time together, but it's not really quality time. Like time, you know, doing the shopping and the chores around the house and taking care of the kids is not really quality time for your relationship per se. I mean, it could be, so I don't want to discount anybody that says, no, we have great family quality time because that's possible. But for many people, it's not. It's busy work Mm -hmm. and it's not connected. Yeah. And we'll talk about a reframe too. But if you don't know exactly what to do because it's not your love language, you don't have to be guessing. We highly recommend that this is a conversation you have with your partner and literally create a document, create somewhere, write it down. We did things like that where I was like, okay, I'd like to have romance and this is what romance looks like for me. Kevin was like, uh... I don't know. And I was like, okay, here are like 25 things. And it's like, um, here are things that would speak to me. Because again, just because quality time is an umbrella term and it will mean different things to different people. So ask your partner specifically, what is it for them that makes the biggest difference? Because honestly, I want to be able to put in the least amount of energy with the greatest um, return on it. 
that's really what I'm aiming for. So um, I would much rather know like what can make it to go straight to their heart. Well, and, you know, we all want to be successful. Whatever it is we're doing, we, we actually want to do it well. We want to be successful. And especially as guys, we don't really like to guess so much. Like we mm-hmm. kind of like the manual, you know, even though there's a stereotype that guys never read the manual. Trust me, if there were a manual for women, we would read it <laughs> because we want, we just want to know what to do and we don't want to have to guess to figure it out there's one last thing that i'd like to bring on the quality time because for some people who's not that's not their primary love language they might feel like oh my gosh this is going to be a lot of my time like ah i don't have time for this or i don't know like um i want you to think of it as an investment And I want you to think of it as the more you're willing to spend some quality time, the less you're going to spend time bickering, arguing, and having resentment. So you're actually doing something that will prevent from all these horrible things that we don't want to have in relationships. So just investing an hour a week will prevent that. So it's worth it. Mm -hmm. All right, let's move on because we still got three more to do. All right. Number three, gifts. All right. So if you enjoy receiving gifts, then gifts is probably one of your primary love languages. Here's the thing about gifts. I mean, it seems pretty straightforward, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, yeah, we get it. You like to get stuff. (laughs) (laughs) But the key to gifts is that they don't have to be anything in particular. They don't have to be big. They don't have to be expensive. They don't have to be anything in particular. And what matters more when it comes to gifts is... You know, they always say it's the thought that, that counts. Well, it is actually the thought that counts. And it's the emotion behind the gift that you give more so than the gift itself. In other words, you could be throwing, you know, diamond necklaces and rings all over the place, you know, but if there's nothing really behind it, if you were just like, oh, uh oh, I fucked up. I'm going to stop at the jewelry store and pick up a thousand dollar, you know, <laughs> diamond bracelet or something like that. That doesn't mean the same thing as as if you, you know, just picked on your way home, like you were, let's say you walk from the train station or whatever, and you picked some some wild flowers that were growing and arranged them in a little bouquet. Like that shows way more thought and, in my opinion, more love and emotion than just something that you happen to just grab at the store because you were trying to, you know, not get in trouble. <laughs> Absolutely. I would say yes to to this to me gifts are the last on the list so um, it's not that important but I still will enjoy them and receive them one thing that people need to really remember as we're talking about love languages is if you want your partner to continue to speak your language you have to take the time to receive when they do something for you and this is a really important concept because If they make an effort to bring you a gift and you're like, oh, thank you, or don't look at it, or, oh, great, you know, they're not going to want to keep doing this. And so your ability to fully receive and feel loved up for half a second, three minutes, whatever that takes, will make a whole difference. And just because you received something does not mean you have to give something back in return in that moment. It has more power to simply receive because the transaction from going of a giver to a receiver is complete. And when you feel genuinely moved to be a giver, then you go and do it rather than like, oh, I've received, so now I have to give. 
And if you really stay in your heart, when you do that, there's no more like tits for tats, like, oh, he did this, she did that. It's more like, when am I moved? When do I feel like doing something special for the person that I love? Yeah, and it's totally great if it's sort of random, spontaneous, different things, different times. If if it becomes a routine where like every week you get a certain this or certain that, it really does lose its value Mm -hmm. because you're just like, ah, it's just a thing that you do. It's a routine kind of thing. So try not to make it like that. It's a good one you're bringing. We have a, a friends that we know who he's very romantic and he's constantly doing things all the time. And one thing that I've noticed is at first she was loving those things and now they've been together for like three years or so. And I've noticed that sometimes she just goes like, not that she dismisses them, she still goes like, oh, thank you, and then kind of moves on. But there is a point where it could also be a little bit too much, you know, and it's better to take a little breaks than to constantly be doing this. Yeah, you know, in their case, uh, he loves to give gifts. Mm-hmm. And it's not that she doesn't like to receive them, she does, but I can tell it's not her primary love language. And so it's kind of interesting to see that mismatch, you know. She's uh-huh. like, oh, that's great. I love it. Thank you. You know, it's not that she doesn't appreciate it. It's just that you can tell they have a, they have mismatched love languages there and it's, it it lights him up to do that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. Mm -hmm. So we got some more fun stories that we're going to tell you as we move to number four of acts of service. Oh yeah. We got a good one. But before we do that, uh, we want to invite you to our special program of If you are longing for deeper levels of sexuality coupled with emotional intimacy, spirituality, and just true connection, then our Sexual Power and Passion VIP program is for you. This next level, Intimacy Coaching for Modern Couples, is designed to help you bring the passion back between the sheets and beyond. This 90-day program is truly for the couple that does not want to live a life of average and wants to be synced up sexually so that they can thrive with more purpose and passion in life. And you can find more about our VIP power and passion program at selenremy.com forward slash passion. All right. So number four, acts of service. When acts of service is your primary love language, Anything that your partner does to ease the burden of your responsibilities will speak volumes. Mm-hmm. All right. But, you know, lots of things can be considered acts of service. <laughs> like, personally, I think a blowjob is an act of service. It could be a gift, too, but, uh-huh. you know. And that's a great point you bring in, Kevin. And this is one of the biggest reframe when we work with couples that we have them start to see. Because one of them is like, oh, I'm all about, like gifts or acts of service, something different. But like you said, your acts of service could be considered a gift, but it's still an act of service. Or spending, even if, let's say, your partner's time is quality time and you are acts of service. Being willing to spend quality time with them can become an act of service from yourself. And so it's all about the reframe about how you see it. So you don't have to think like, oh, I don't speak that language. And by the way, it's not difficult to learn somebody else's language. It's not difficult to learn another language. As you can hear, I speak English and I also speak French. My native tongue is French and Kevin only speaks English and I learned English so that we could communicate. It wasn't that hard. 
And so it's the same with the love languages. She didn't learn English just to communicate with me. She knew it before we got together. Yeah, that would have been so romantic, Kevin. <laughs> That's true. I just didn't want everybody to go, well, why didn't he learn to speak French? Hmm? Yeah, hmm. yeah, good point. <laughs> I had already... I know, I know some were thinking that already. <laughs> yeah, I, would, I had already been in the, in the States for nearly a decade before I met you. But, so. but, let's just dive into this acts of service. Because one of the things that you realize is that, yes, there are overlaps, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because a blowjob could be a gift, could mm-hmm. be an act of service, even falls into the touch category. That's true. Right. So and quality time if you make it last. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> could it's be quality time. It's an all-encompassing <laughs> gift here, listeners. Oh my God, we just figured it out. <laughs> the thing that satisfies all five love languages is the blowjob. You heard it here on the Love Lab first, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it could just be any oral. It doesn't have to just be a blowjob. Okay, let's, that's, let's be that's clear. True. That's it's just true. oral sex. All right, mm-hmm. there you go. <laughs> but here, so here's the thing about acts of service. This is one that I think a lot of guys just naturally do. Like mm-hmm. we talked in the beginning about look at the types of things that you tend to do normally. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of guys do this. And I think that it is one of the most overlooked ones by women. Mm-hmm. And so like, we'll, we'll tell you a story that is the perfect example of this. So we have a friend, she was dating this guy and they were driving in her car and they came home and uh, the brakes made a squeaking noise. And so, you know, later on, like, he disappears. She doesn't know where he's at. She's trying to figure out, like, he gets in his car, drives away, and she's trying to figure out what's going on. So then later on, he comes back, and she looks out there, and she sees he's got all the tires off the car, and he's underneath the car doing something. And she's like, what the? And now she's, she's literally getting angry. She's like, where did he go? <laughs> Why didn't he tell me where he's going? What is he doing to my car? It's in pieces <laughs> on the ground, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like getting herself all worked up, like, you know? So she goes down there and she's like, What are you doing? And he's like, I'm fixing the brakes in your car. They, actually, I, she said she took it on herself. She knew his love language was acts of service and it wasn't her. So she took a deep breath. That's she true. got a beer and she said, Here's a beer, honey. When she was like, I want to kill you, but I'm going to say this is awesome. She gave him the beer. And then she went back inside, vented a little bit when she understood what was going on, like didn't tell him anything. And when he came back, he was so proud because he had delivered the act of service, fixed her brakes, no problem with the car. Now she was safe. And he thought it was so cool that she came by to check in on him and to give him a beer because, again, that's kind of an act of service, right? Yeah, yeah. So that showed that this could have gone really wrong had she been like, what are you doing? Like, do the whole process out loud, right? Yeah, I mean, she she almost went wrong anyway. <laughs> Somehow she managed to pull it back a little bit. But it's a great example because that's the type of thing that guys do all the time. Because mm-hmm. those are things we do. Like, we fix stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. We're good at that. We actually usually enjoy that kind of stuff. So it's easy for us to do that. And in his mind, he was thinking, I'm saving her money because she doesn't have to take it to a shop. And I'm making it safe so mm-hmm. that she's not going to get into an accident, you know. And it's, you know, something that's easy for him to deliver because he's good at it. I'm the knight in shining armor. She's going to love me so much yeah. for me doing that. So he's thinking he's doing a great <laughs> job. And she's in there, like, getting more and more angry as the minutes go by. Like, put those damn tires back on my car. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I, I love this story because I think it's... It, even though every gender can have any of these uh, qualities, um, I do say and see that oftentimes affirmation and appreciation will tend to be a little bit more favored by women who like to receive that. And acts of service oftentimes is something that guys can do more easily. Again, it's a generality. We know some, many of you will say, I'm not falling into this, and that's fine. We're just speaking as a generality. If you understand that, it's really important to start to look at all the little things from you know, for me, it's like, okay, I made it very clear. I can, I can empty the compost. I can take the trash out. I can do all of these things. Uh, I just don't like it. It's stinky and smelly and big. <laughs> so Kevin became the keeper of all these things for us. And I appreciate those things when he does them, you know, and paying attention to the little things, even if that's not how we'd have done it. Maybe from my perspective, it would be coming more from like a mothering, nurturing type. Well, from a guy's perspective, it's more as a fix it than anything else. If you're able to see those things and appreciate him, and here I'm bringing some appreciation in the mix, acknowledging that he's doing this, this will go a long way in him feeling seen, appreciated, and having his love tank filled up. Yeah, and acts of service can be anything. I mean, there's so many different things that can fall into that. I mean, mm -hmm. if you're not good at fixing cars, then don't try to fix her brakes. But, <laughs> mm -hmm. but there's tons of other little things. Like, like, this is one that I like to do a lot. I actually like to do the acts of service thing a lot. I don't know why, because it's just it's easy and I don't mind and I know that it makes your life easier but little things like we're having dinner on the upstairs deck mm -hmm. and we don't have enough olive oil for the meal uh-huh and you're like ah what should we do you're like you don't want to have to get up and go downstairs and get more olive oil and I'm like no problem I got it mm-hmm <laughs> you know or you know it's it's at night and you're like oh left my book downstairs. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'll get up and get it. Mm -hmm. You know, just little things like that. Those little acts of service done repeatedly over and over and over again make a big difference. Absolutely. And I want to do one more reframe around the acts of service. You know, these acts of service need to be done with joy to be received as a gift of love. You can't go like, fine, I'll do this and I complain. It has to be done <laughs> that, with love. That defeats the whole purpose. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, let's move on to the last one. And since it's yours, why don't you tell our listeners about the last love language? Physical touch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Holding hands, kissing, hugging, and making love are all essential to you if that's your primary love language. Yeah, I like to receive physical touch. I would definitely put that up there as, as one of my mm -hmm. top Oh, yeah, it's your ones. top one. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So a lot of guys will say touch first, and that's very common, actually. But one thing that I've noticed that is very important to realize is touch and uh, sexual intimacy are two different things. And oftentimes, for whatever reason, people lump these things together, and then the touch only happens when there are sexual penetration things yeah, happening. They, they, they think touch means touch my penis. Yes, <laughs> which, which is fine. But, yeah, but that's only one of many, many places they could touch. Well, and touch, even if you touch my penis, doesn't mean have penetration. 
penetration sex. True. It could just be touch my penis and worship my cock because it's awesome and every guy wants that. And I think that's something that should be done often. It just doesn't mean that because we are two penis, we have to do anything else with it. And I think that's really important that people realize that touch is essential and is a love language, but you need to separate the act of touching with the act of having sex because a lot of people are then stuck in a loop where they only touch where they're going to have sex. And those men or women whose primary love language is touch are touch deprived and love deprived. And they kind of become a little bit needy and there's not enough. And then they, they can be perceived as like, oh, he always wants to have intercourse because he's basically touch deprived. And we've worked with couples where we had them simply reintroduced non-sexual touch or even sexual touch that didn't have to lead to anything but just touching a penis or grabbing ass or whatever that was. And that allowed the nervous system of the person whose primary love language was touched to start to relax and they weren't coming on as so needy anymore as like I must have that they knew they were getting their needs met they started to feel loved and then it was much easier for them to also give that love to their partner yeah one of the most common dynamics we see when it comes to touch and couples is that he wants more touch and she doesn't really want to do it because in her mind, and maybe even in his, every time she touches him, it means it has to lead to penetration, and she doesn't always want that, so she doesn't initiate the touch. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we had a nickel <laughs> for every time we have heard that scenario. And so the big reframe is, is, is exactly what you said, which is it doesn't have to lead to sex. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is something we teach in our online courses too, and we've talked about it in the show many times. But even if you do have sex, it doesn't have to lead to ejaculation, guys. You need mm-hmm. to get over that. You need to figure out how to utilize your energy without it always resulting in an ejaculation. Because if you can do that... If she knows that she can go and touch your penis or she can have some sort of sexual type touch without you having to go, oh, well, now you got to finish me. Mm-hmm. If she knows that, she's going to do it way more often. Absolutely. So these are all the five primary love languages and they all have different variations. So we recommend that you sit down with your partner and have them tell you exactly how it works for them. What are the exact things? Take notes, pay attention. It's going to be easier at the beginning of a relationship. And what you need to watch for is once you've been in a long-term relationship, you're over the honeymoon phase, you might be in the cruising, not giving enough attention anymore. And that's when you absolutely need to go back on track with putting attention into your relationship. You can check in with your partner Like, how's your love tank going? You know, like, it's kind of an expression that Gary Chapman has. Like, how loved up do you feel? Like, is there anything you would need to feel more loved today? What can I do to support you more? Like, be curious and pay attention. And if they say something, it doesn't mean you are doing something wrong. It just means they could use more of something. It's just a request, a suggestion to bring the love to a higher level. Absolutely. So... There you go. There is our in-depth explanation of the five love languages and how you can use them in your everyday life to make your relationship better. Mm-hmm. And do them. Really do them. It's worth it. It will transform your relationship. It has saved 
thousands of relationships. It's such a simple practice, and yet it is so powerful, and it's definitely a key part that you want to bring in to any strong, successful relationship. So do it right now. Go speak your partner's love language. Start now. Turn off this podcast, <laughs> and we'll see you next week. <laughs> yes, but make sure you turn it back on next week. <laughs> all right, everybody, that's all the time we have, and we will see you next week. We hope you like this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoy this show, subscribe, leave us a review, and share it with your friends. And for more free, exclusive content, join us in the Passion Vault at CelineRemy.com forward slash vault. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y dot com forward slash vault. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing. <laughs>